Good morning, good noon time, good noon Thursday, good evening, good afternoon, good good midnight, whatever time of day it is. See, I want you to know that I'm Lynn Ferguson and I approve this message. <laughs> I'm Lynn Ferguson, also known as Lynn Tennyson, your host here on the show, Lynn's Pens. See, it's a podcast dedicated to black life in America, all over the world, and music. Uh, today I want to get into it. I know I've been gone for a minute. I want to talk about why I've been away. The gay agenda today on the black community and LGBTQIA. Want to know more? Well, you just sit back, relax. Why don't you grab a snack, pull up a stack, and let's jump in. Lens. So I know it's been a minute, but I am back with a new episode. (laughs) I've yet to decide the title, so um, I don't know if I can say this right, but as you can see, (laughs) we're going to be getting into it. (laughs) But um, so first I want to start with... um, where I've been. So I don't recall what the last episode I did was. I think it was an interview um, with someone. Oh yeah, there is an interview that I've yet to release because um, the woman um, I interviewed, you know, she kind of fell off. So like, I don't know what that whole situation is about, but I'm, I don't feel comfortable because of the deep topics uh, we discussed putting it out without having her inspect the episode. I don't put episodes out without people, you know, approving of what I put out because I don't want to have to deal with one. I don't want, you know, people to have something out that they don't want out because I know how that feels. But two, I don't want people to end up telling me to take it down or asking me to take it down and I'm going to take it down. So like, you know, then it's just like, you know, obviously some bullshit, you know, but that episode was in the beginning of this year. It was around like the uh, end of January, which was right when I was accepted into St. Louis University. Now, my initial plans were going to be my lease is up in a few days uh, at the end of this month on the 31st and I was planning to just leave with no real like plan set in stone per se um, and make my way for California just like I did um, similar, similar to what I did Um, the beginning of last year um, when I left for Denver, Colorado and ended up staying there for about a week and it didn't work out because the girl was too aggressive and I had to come back. But with great opportunity comes great responsibility. (laughs) And by responsibility, I mean, you know, what we're all used to, you know, paying bills, getting by, And that is not easy in California. It is like, 
I mean, I'm in St. Louis. It's, if it's not the cheapest place to live in the country, like on average, like if you look at like the whole area of St. Louis and how many places are affordable, like, or at least were before COVID, um, it's definitely one of the cheapest in the country. Um, now, don't get me wrong. There are some very ritzy places in St. Louis. Some some of the wealthiest places in the Midwest are in St. Louis. But um, St. Louis also, like, just, you know, a few years before 2020, like, when COVID started and shit, like, you could reasonably, you know, get an apartment for one person, like a studio apartment, maybe even a one bedroom, for three to five hundred dollars a month rent. You know, um, you know, you could, on average, a one bedroom apartment is anywhere from like, or it was anywhere from like maybe four hundred dollars a month to uh, six something, seven hundred. For a one bedroom apartment. Like the cheapest that you can pay for anything in California, at least a great majority of places that were, you know, livable situations and somewhat doable, you would have multiple roommates. You'd be paying the higher end of that range I gave for one bedroom in St. Louis. And that would just be for if you at the least, you'd be looking at two or three other roommates. At the least. Two to four other roommates on average um, in a one to two bedroom situation. Um, maybe three if it's a house. And um, you all are, you basically are like paying $1,000 to rent a room in this, you know, living quarter in the, you know, in this residence, this placement. Because really all you really want to call it is placement because, I mean, you know, even though that's how people live in California, like, if you're not used to that, you're not going to call it home immediately. Most likely. But, like, I had a falling out with this girl who, um, when I was, uh, right before I moved to Colorado, I was originally going to move to, straight to California. Um, well, actually, no, I was going to stop in California, Colorado for a second and then move to Cal- uh, California because I didn't want to visit the uh, girl I ended up living with in Denver. And um, either way. And I had a falling out with the girl. I think, it was, I think her name was like Isabella, Isabella or Annabella or something like that. Um, she worked, allegedly worked at... Um, Disney World or Disneyland in California in Anaheim and she lived in Anaheim and um which is where Disneyland is in California and um it looked like it was gonna be a great setup and now that I look back on it knowing more about California I think it was (laughs) a decent setup like definitely a pretty good setup for like me just finding something very quick and um I found out that it was like a roommate situation with like five other people, four other people at least. Um, it was her, her boyfriend, um, this other person and their boyfriend. 
And then um, I think that was it. It might have been one other person. And she only told me about like two people. She didn't tell me about her boyfriend. She didn't tell me about the other person's boyfriend. And um, it was just so, that that was a red flag for me. So like, I just, you know, was like, I don't think this is gonna work. And she didn't respond. So whatever, I guess she was upset. Uh, she was, they were desperately looking for someone to fill the uh, gap um, so they could pay their rent. But I was going to have to share a room with this girl. And it's like, no, that's not going to happen. So, because um, it's like, you know, she said her boyfriend didn't live there, but he stayed there pretty often, basically lives there. And he, of course, he's not just going to sleep on the couch if you have your if you have a room in this house. So like, you know, and if we're sharing this room, you know what I mean? It was just like a really weird situation. So I'm actually very glad that I turned that down. It's just like, uh, you know, there's not much much else you're really gonna be looking at when you're, you know, going there and making the kind of money I was making back then, which I think was like 12, 13 an hour. But I got accepted into SLU, so I um, didn't move to California, or at least I'm not going to. And I've been living on campus in a dorm um, for the past, since the end of January. It's been a lot. It's definitely been a lot. I'm definitely going to be making an episode about the trials and tribulations I've gone through in the short amount of time that I've been here. Um, the hazing, um, being hit by a car, by a slew member, um, of a slew member. Um, you know, the racism I've experienced, um, the, um, systemic issues I'm facing, uh, the um, anti-transness, anti-trans atmosphere and and everything. People who just can't take me. So, you know, um, like girls coming up to me and like, you know, starting conversations about, you know, fucking trans women trying to make women call themselves breastfeeders or excuse me call themselves um chest feeders or something and you know basically shaming those trans women and you know asking me what i think about it i'll get into all of these weird ass fucking shenanigans and crazy things but um I will say that for another podcast. I just wanted to um, speak about this war on LGBTQI individuals, but specifically transgender people. It's it's crazy out here. Like I said, that girl came up to me, and you know, we were having a pretty chill conversation 
after she got herself together because she came to me, you know, all sloppy and obnoxious and shit. And um, I, you know, made it very clear that I was not on that. And she got herself together real quick. But um, from, you know, thenceforward, she, um, we had like, you know, a reasonable conversation and everything, being real cordial. Then out of nowhere, she brings up, you know, this chest feeder situation. And she gave a few other names that um, she was alleging transgender women are trying to call, um, you know, cisgender women or make cisgender women call themselves. And it's just like, girl, why are you starting these issues with me? Like, is this really where you want to go? You know? But it's like people are, some people know that this is just, it's a part of the hype that is, you know, people trying to fight the community with, you know, propaganda and like, you know, these salacious stories and shit like that. But like other people are just falling for the okie doke and they're getting more and more wound up and bit out of shape against the community because of these stories. Meanwhile, have you all noticed how quietly um, sexual perpetrators, you know, skate by in the news, in society? I've seen several videos now of people pointing out that, you know, including McGraw T.S. Madison, shout out, um, by the way, she thinks that she um, could slay any any of the girls when it comes to Ursula uh, from The Little Mermaid, and I'm, I'm just so sorry. I sent her an email. I sent her a Facebook message. I sent her an Instagram. I sent her a Twitter. Everything I could to let the woman know, this is what I have to offer. I challenge you. Step forward. But, you know, so we'll see if she just happens to miss all of those, you know, those points of contact, you know, conveying my challenge or if she decides to, you know, accept and jewel. But, um, you know, she spoke about it as well, um, about how you know, all of these people are coming out, these teachers, these, you know, um, husbands of 30 something years and these, you know, all these ridiculous people who are like, you know, being perpetrators who are, you know, either being um, rapists to adults or being pedophiles. And it's just crazy because it's like, okay, so where are the LGBTQIA, excuse me, where are the LGBTQI individuals who are, um, you know, perpetrating? Where are the drag queens? You know what I'm saying? Drag queen story time apparently is just like so horrible and it's producing all of these horrible monsters um, who could harm the children will produce them. Produce them. 
people in the LGBTQI community have gotten a rap for being pedophiles and sexual deviants for so long, yet you consistently see these people who are teachers, who are doctors, who are dentists, who are, you know, um, babysitters, getting pregnant by their fucking uh, students um, and pupils or whoever, you know, having sex with these people, taking advantage of these kids. And it's like, no one talks about it. And when they do, they talk about it as if it's a separate issue from what is going on and being portrayed um, and broadcasted um, about falsely about the community. No one steps back and say, hmm, says, hmm, when was the last time I heard of a, I don't know, a transgender woman uh, raping kids? When was the last time I heard of um, a drag queen raping people? Anybody. They take something like parents willingly bringing their kids to a drag show where they're being read stories by drag queens. And they completely remove the idea that these parents, the fact that these parents have consented to this and have literally brought their children to the, that you would have to have parents consenting to bring their children to a function like this in the first place. And it wasn't just surprise, surprise, we're going to have drag queens reading your kids' stories. I know you signed up for Mickey Mouse and Minnie and uh, the Monsters Incorporated guys coming in in the costumes, but, you know, they canceled last minute. And so this is what we're doing. I know that's not how it went. And if it was, they would leave. If they really didn't want their kids to see that. It just really pains me because it's just like, you know... Like, this hits me personally because it's all over Google what my sperm donor just went to jail for. And he was impregnating and raping little girls who were in his care. That's a heterosexual situation with a cisgender man. It's an inappropriate heterosexual situation and definitely morally illegal, but and bankrupt, but um, it is still, you know, plus and minus if we want to take it there. So it's like, I'm not saying that there are no pedophiles who are, you know, gay, which obviously there are. And I'm not saying that there are no um, people out here in the LGBTQI community who are, you know, um, sexual, de- actual sexual deviants who are uh, raping people, uh, whether statutorily or just in general. But 
I'm saying the math ain't math and the sense ain't changing. The change ain't sensing. You know? Like, it's not computing. All of this this backlash against the community. And it's just so crazy because it's just like, people act like they're so free and they're so, oh, you can do whatever you want. But, you know, these same Republicans who are all about freedom of speech and uh, freedom to do whatever the fuck I want, this is America and this, that, and the third. It's America when it's things that they want to do. But when it's things or things that they openly want to do, we should say. Because there have been some new um, stats that have been released about the porn um, searches in um, all 50 states. And the Republican states are beaming with transgender searches. But no matter, the things that they openly want to do are okay in America. But the things that they're ashamed of, that are taboo, that other people want to do or are are doing, because it's just what they do, that is not okay. And that's when it's time to do all of the things that they're afraid of people doing to them when it comes to their alleged rights. To bear arms, to say whatever the fuck they want, to act raunchier than uh, the cast in Little Nicky in their roles. Like, maybe we can all do that, whatever the hell we want. <laughs> I deserve this. I deserve this. <laughs> but I just think it's very hypocritical. I think it's very um, unfortunate. You know, and it's been sad many times before, but it's not cliche yet. The people who are making all of these laws against all of these people of different you know, what we consider minorities like women and um, um, black people and people of the LGBTQI community, people who are making all these laws are old white men. Old white men. With some exceptions, Clarence, but they're old white men, you know? So it's just crazy because it's just like, there should be some kind of law or amendment that delegates or dictates that we that a whole group of people if a whole group is of people that's considered a minority is affected by something negatively like it shouldn't be proposed um or, or ratified or whatever it's just ridiculous and one major thing i want to end on Um, a note in this whole discussion is the black community and their disdain for people in the black community and other people in the LGBTQI community. People, People consistently say things like the LGBTQI community doesn't isn't a part of the black community or stop conflating the black community or LGBTQI community with the black community. They're two separate issues. No, they're not. 
No, they're not. There are black transgender, black gay, black uh, uh, non-binary individuals. So how is it not a black issue? That's like saying women's rights is not a black issue when black women are clearly women. Like, it's just nonsense. It's just like, if it's something that affects your people, and then black gay people have been some of the fiercest to go down in history fighting for what is right for our people. James Baldwin, you know, Langston Hughes, Gladys Bentley, Bayard Rustin, Lorraine Hansbury. Do you know what I'm saying? People go down in history, in actual history. Storm, I forget if it was Storm or Stormy. Delavere. Marsha P. Johnson. And there was the Marsha P. Johnson Foundation that was made as well. You know? These are all gay people or people in the LGBTQI community who've contributed to our society and great black history, historical items. Stop playing with us. 